because I tried to because we found it on like RuTube or Daily Motion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like when you try to enlarge that screen, it does you kind of no favors. Yeah, and I had to kind of I had to watch it tiny, but like you there's wanted- a lot of low res shit in this episode. That we yeah, watched. but it's good. I like it. <laughs> Welcome to Wrestlesplania, the show where wrestling enthusiast Kath Barbadoro introduces uh, the wonderful world of professional wrestling to me, Rachel Millman, a new fan. Hi, Rachel. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm enjoying this weather. Yeah, it's really nice out today. Um, I'm. This is like my first non-leggings bare leg day of the year. I'm really proud of you. It's, That's it's a good one. It's very exciting. Um, I, yeah, I went to yoga before this and I signed up for the wrong class, so I accidentally got extremely tired and got my ass kicked so i'm sorry if i'm low energy for this no you're fine (laughs) i'm interested in how like yoga can kick your ass Um, but like i believe it i've just i've never done it which is weird because i used to love like stretching out all the time in high school it's a really good uh you know i'm not the first person to discover that it's like a good way to relax i didn't i didn't invent that insight but i'm uh, so glad this show is now (laughs) white women talking about yoga (laughs) can kick your ass because a i do hot yoga so it's like 98 degrees in the room and uh if you go through the things fast enough there's like a thing there's a thing called a chaturanga which is basically a push-up and like you basically do push-ups in between each pose oh so you're doing like yoga burpees kind of yeah yeah yeah, okay so long story short i'm tired you're tired (laughs) and you were sweating a lot yeah and speaking of things that sweat a lot yeah Guess what our subject is today? <laughs> I did it. That's my segue. That's, nice. I did it. It's We're talking about Samoa Joe. Yeah. I'm super excited. Um, he's one of my favorite, maybe favorite ever that I've seen. Like, he's definitely my favorite in WWE right now. Um, I love him. And I really wanted to do this episode. And we decided we wanted to do, like, early Samoa Joe, indie Samoa Joe. Yeah. Because he's had a really, really long career. And he's been good, like, the whole time. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, crazy. There's no... It's it's not even, like, when you watch somebody who's really good in their new stages and you're like, oh, there's so much potential there. It's so cool to see what they turn into. It's just like... No, it's just been... Usually when you say stasis, it's at medium. Right. And it's just been, like, a high... The highest... I don't want to call it a high plateau because plateau, again, implies like flat. But he's just been so consistent. He's been so good for so long. Yeah. So there's so much good Samoa Joe out there. And I love him so much. We basically decided to just narrow it down and only focus on two years of his career, which is like kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. But that's how many good matches he's had. So we're doing Samoa Joe from 2005 and 2006. The years we graduated high school. Yeah. The years (laughs) we graduated high school, Joe was like 25, 26. He was maybe, I think he debuted in 99 or 2000. So he's like a couple years in at this point. Um, And he's already fucking amazing. Holy shit. He's so good. It's like... I spent a lot of time doing like stupid shit in 2005 and 2006 as like, you know, teenagers fresh out of high school do. I went to a lot of like dumb, bad shows and it's like I could have been seeing Samoa Joe. Yeah. LB <laughs> said that, too. And I actually have some like some takes about that because I totally yeah, I agree. Do too. I like thought about it for a little bit, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, first. I was. I mean, it is like a bummer watching this stuff and going like, fuck, I was around and like adult enough that I could have been watching this at this time if I had known that this was going on and knew that it was something I liked. And I think this is kind of an interesting episode because there are a lot of people who listen to our show who've been wrestling fans a lot longer than us. And this is kind of the era that got a lot of them hooked, like early Ring of Honor, uh, Samojo's run in TNA. Like that was kind of their introduction to non WWE wrestling. And we kind of missed out on that. And I think there's like a couple reasons why. And I think some of those reasons are like weird gendered atmosphere. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, like, you know, part of me is like, I wish I'd gotten into this sooner. But at the same time, I, I've been so lucky with when I got into it and how I got into it and like how we decided to explore it together that I don't necessarily, I'm not like, Oh, I wish I'd been watching it the whole time. Cause like we probably wouldn't have this show. I would probably have a much more jaded approach to it. Um, but it's one of those things of like, man, I was going to shows at like 
stupid ass i was in the same venues all the time at like knights of columbus seeing like right. shitty bands surrounded by shitty dudes from myspace and i could have been hanging out with a different type of shitty dude right i could have been <laughs> in a similarly toxic culture but watching samoa joe i know i guess that's the thing is like uh i always think of that like sylvia plath quote where she's just like i just want to like be I, I, I want to like observe the people I want to be in this. I want to be in the bars and like, I want to sleep in the field. I want to do all that, that stuff that men get to do that I'm not allowed to do because I'm a woman and my safety is always uh, at risk. Yeah, And, and I feel like there's this thing of like, and I think this is part of why I'm so into comedy and why I was so into punk in high school and why I'm so into wrestling now is there's like, there's a part of me that really wants to observe male spaces without drawing attention to myself and without um having to worry about being a woman and when I watch like the crowds in these old matches I have that feeling of like I don't know if I would have been comfortable here but I I really want I really wish I could have experienced that yeah I I feel like and I was thinking about this too especially watching the uh the necro butcher match again is like this is not as it's it's kind of okay that that specific match wasn't a space for me because (laughs) I would have thrown up um but it's yeah it's interesting just because like you know we can we could spend two hours way longer than the average length of this show talking about you know the weird quasi-toxic spaces of like going to see bands and stuff and especially in like you know the myspace boom of 2006 i think is probably the easiest way to refer to it um but we weren't at this and it's like you know would it have been better yeah i mean what 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 different shade of shithead would i have met (laughs) right i mean it's not like i was uh protecting myself from like toxic masculinity at that point in my life i was just doing it amongst a different type of shithead like you said um but like again i say all this not to discount the fact that like there were women watching at this time like there were women in those audiences a lot of women who were into it at this time like listen to the show and we know them so and they're cool as shit yeah so it's like it's not like it's switched and it used to be all male chuds and now it's like all better or whatever but like the the dominant sort of narrative of like who is at these shows and when you look in the crowd and when you hear the chants and everything it's like this is a dude space yeah and I was bummed out because it's a dude space but it's also like really fucking amazing wrestling I loved these matches I thought they were so good I watched the Kobashi one twice yeah so <laughs> that's the first thing we watched was Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi um in Ring of Honor and this was like a a big enough deal that they literally named the event Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi. Um, yeah, it's from October, 2005. It happened in New York. Um, this is like early days ring of honor. So I looked up the date of this match, like within the same week that this match happened, I got dumped outside of a fallout boy concert. (laughs) Yeah. You should have been here. I really should have been here and I should have just like, you know, broken up with him on the phone, but whatever. (laughs) So do you, how much do you know about Kenta Kobashi? Do you, we haven't really covered him. It's just kind of like the, his name has an implied context of legendary. He's, one of the uh, so-called four pillars of of All Japan Pro Wrestling. So he was like a huge deal in uh, like the the 90s. Um, it's him, Misawa, Kawada, and Atawe are like the four like biggest, like super influential top dudes in that company, which a lot of people think 90s All Japan Wrestling is like some of the best wrestling of all time. And is full of like badasses. Like they're just like big, serious motherfucking Japanese. He's men. so big. He's so big. That's like the first <laughs> like, note I wrote down was like, dude, he's so big. It, you know how big he is? He looks big next to Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's even bigger than Joe. That's how huge he is. <laughs> like I'm trying to imagine him next to Bryce. Oh yeah, Bryce Bryce Remsburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, how funny would that be? But he's yeah, he's probably like a foot taller than Bryce Remsburg. Um, the, another crazy thing about this. So this is in 2005. So this is like after Kobashi has already become a legend, like people are fucking there for Kobashi. He's like 
you know, like not that he's not in his prime, but like he's already sort of done all of the stuff that he is known for. He is younger in this match than Samoa Joe is now, which is like really crazy to think. Wow. About. Yeah. He was, uh, Kobashi was 38 in this match and, uh, Samoa Joe is now 40. So that's like kind of crazy to think about. That is a fine 40. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. He looks good. <laughs> but, uh, I fucking loved this match. I had so much fun watching this. I was like, fucking like pacing around my room I was so amped up by it yeah like watching this I felt like I had just drank like eight cups of coffee like I was so psyched so it's a couple things like first of all the match itself is awesome like it's really great but the crowd is going fucking bananas and this is sort of this is pre-internet so like these people have never seen Kobashi in person and have to like hunt for. Yeah. They're still in forums. Right. Like, I, yeah, it's pre-internet is not the right way to say it, but pre-streaming. Yeah. You know? So like they, they have been tape trading with Kobashi tapes from the nineties and he's finally there in front of them. And it's like, everybody is going fucking ape shit. Like it's such a fun crowd. And they're slapping the shit out of each other. Joe does that terrifying fucking tope out of the ring, <laughs> which is like insane. Uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's great. And it, it made me think about um, the fact that like, you can't analyze wrestling separate from the crowd reaction. Like there's no way, I don't think there is like a useful way to talk about good matches and bad matches objectively like so much is about what it is producing for the people that showed up to that event and like how the crowd is responding to something is like as important as move execution you know what I mean yeah like these people are so fucking into it and that makes you the viewer now so into it and it, I'm not saying that this isn't timeless because I think it is like we were both super psyched when we watched this and it's you know how many years later almost 15 years later but I I think that like I don't know. Like Dave Meltzer says that he never goes back and rewatches things. And like, I well, Dave Meltzer also wears the pants that he wears. So like, I don't need to do everything with him. (laughs) But I was just going to say, I respect that. Yeah. I think that's like a great way to do it because like, I really don't think you can separate it from the context in which it is happening. Like it's a live event and just watching people like go fucking crazy for this reminded me of that, of like, this is all part of it and people going fucking crazy for this it not only adds to it it is like part of the match you know what I mean yeah it's just there's so much about this that's exciting and then I immediately like what my first big takeaway from this is like I paused and I was like look at the guy in the green lantern sweater (laughs) trying to hold down what he loves so much good for that guy that guy knows who he is immensely of like a green lantern sweatshirt in like 2005 is a much different implication than like someone going to see another fucking marvel movie now yeah yeah yeah, totally (laughs) that guy was ahead of the curve on being a being a nerd for sure good for him i hope he has many funko pops (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this like i i was thinking about when i watched this because i mentioned that like that terrifying dive that Joe does, which I think he does in every match that we've, we watched for this, but like there are some big guys that do stuff like that or do like, you know, like Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee do like moonsaults and it's like, Oh my God, this guy, he's so big, but he's so agile. Yeah. I feel like with Joe, it's like, that is still true, but it's, it doesn't, when he does it, you're not thinking that guy's so agile. You're thinking that guy is huge and he's going to murder that other guy, <laughs> which is like a very different, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's the exact tweet that it's a refrigerator flying at you or oh, something like yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely like the best description of, uh, Samoa Joe's, uh, dive. It's from Ryan Boyd, uh, who is Ryan Royd on, uh, on Twitter. Samoa Joe's suicide dive is the scariest move in wrestling because it's like a refrigerator flying off the back of a truck in front of you in traffic at 90 miles an hour, (laughs) which is like exactly what it looks like. It's so scary. And I feel like that's kind of like his whole vibe, like, and his whole, cause he's kind of looked the same the whole time he's been a wrestler too. Like, like you said, he's aged very well, but he's always kind of had the same body type and stuff. And like some wrestlers, who are like really muscular and like cut and everything. They look like they could fuck you up, 
But Samoa Joe looks like he will fuck you up. Like, yeah. He looks like he would absolutely. They all could. His is will. Yeah. Like he just seems so dangerous <laughs> and it rules. <laughs> One of the other great things that we got from this, specifically from our Smark uh, tier patrons, so thank you, is that there's a really great interview where Joe talks, oh, Joe talks about that match and he talks about how Kobashi was essentially planning to come in and was like, assumed that he was going to be foreign heel yeah people aren't going to like me people are here to be i'm here to be mr fuji is essentially like what to you know to paraphrase what joe says and joe apparently is the one who had to convince him into being like no people are here for you i'm the heel yeah they don't they i'm cool but like you're who they're there were probably people who flew in for this match yeah i mean i i think again like that just speaks to the whole tape trading thing and stuff is like Kobashi didn't realize the extent to which people in this country at that time like, loved him. Yeah, were familiar with him and respected him and loved his work. And so it's cool knowing that and then watching this match and people are, Joe was totally right, you know? And, yeah. And Joe, yeah, telling him, like, tr- please trust me. Like, you are yeah. what you are the main attraction here. And again, going back and watching it and watching him in the first couple jap chops watching him like turn around and he's obviously you know an incredible like all-time performer kobashi but like part of it in that you can project onto it is him being like oh my god these people love me yeah 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 i think it probably makes him realize that like he can work the match differently than he thought he might have to yeah yeah people are there to watch him chop and to watch his his strikes yeah i like my one of my favorite things about kobashi is his facial expressions like he just has a really great face yeah uh, he 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 makes good use of it in this match even in the very low res uh (laughs) video we watch you can just see his big facial features like he just has like a very like yeah, he's very expressive. I like it. Yeah. Him. And the other thing that you can tell is that Joe is having, like, such a good time. Yeah. He's loving getting beaten up, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you could tell that he, like, if Kobashi had just left, he would have brought him back out to be like, no, man, this is for you. Like, yeah. it, it's it's really lovely <laughs> in, like, a weird way because it's men, it's giant men beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. But it's, I like it a lot. <laughs> So the next thing we watched was very different than (laughs) I had actually seen it a little over a year ago. As had you, Um, Uh, we're talking about Necro Butcher, of course. Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher, IWA Mid South. Um, Probably one of the grossest matches on record. We, well, it's interesting because I don't think we've really talked about death matches on the show. Really, like I can't think of anything we've watched that's like grosser than this. Um, I mean, we. I think we talked on mic about how all three of us were at American Rana, and I was the only one who stuck it out till the end. Right. And like that was gross, but that was gross in a different way. Yeah, it wasn't nearly as as brutal as this, but yeah. But we did talk about that, and you um, making it through that was why I was like, "This will be fine to make Rachel watch." And you'd watched it before, but like, yeah. this will be totally fine to make Rachel like watch and take notes on and have her undivided attention be toward this like disgusting match. I took pauses. I took pauses. Um, that's, that's probably good. But those are our differences and we've talked about them before is that like I have an easier time handling it live and you have an easier time handling it recorded. Yeah so I I'm not like a huge deathmatch fan but like I do like them occasionally um when when one is sort of recommended to me as like this is particularly good and it's already happened and both people are still alive then i will then i will watch it and i will usually enjoy it you know enjoy it is maybe it, 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 if you like death matches you know what i mean when i say enjoy it it's <laughs> it's a very thrilling experience to watch something like that but yeah. yeah i don't like watching them if um it is not completely assured that both people did not uh die in the death match <laughs> i think someone's soul died in this one yeah <laughs> like, i mean years are coming off the lives of oh, these men. only one of these men <laughs> i don't know man i mean joe hits his head a lot necro uses butcher, his head to hit people a lot that's the thing is like necro butcher is the one who gets like completely fucked up in this but he gets fucked up because joe is headbutting him with his own head so i mean <laughs> i i also, it's funny knowing that like Necro Butcher's like a Trump guy now because it's like, oh, this is how a MAGA brain happens. <laughs> it's like this. Oh, it gets exposed to 
open yeah. air in a gym somewhere. We are it's also ECW co- Arena where we've been. That's where this happened. Oh God! Yeah, in Philly. Oh God! In there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the lighting was so different, but still bad. That's crazy. Uh no, that's why that floor was so sticky. Still. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you can just you can feel that some bad shit has happened in that place. So it's much, very cool. There's so much blood in that arena. <laughs> And, like, we're also kind of dancing around, like, how gross this gets. But, like, to make it very clear is that if you are listening to this and you somehow haven't watched this match yet, um, go in, like, knowing it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, this isn't something to watch if you don't have a strong stomach for gore because it gets pretty it gets pretty gnarly. Um, And I do want to give a little bit of context for this. So, like, this was... People talk about this match being really great, and it is really great. But even going into it, there was a lot of hype for it because it was like the beginning of uh, this idea of like these style battles where it's like this like super hard-hitting striker guy, Joe, versus this deathmatch guy, Necro Butcher. They come together. What kind of match are they going to have? What's going to happen? And it turns out it's uh, – super hard striking with weapons <laughs> happens. it's the best of both worlds i do appreciate that this like because we've seen super gimmicky death matches where yeah. like you know we a couple weeks ago we watched like bill Carr staple a 20 dollar bill to uh dan yeah we watched a, a yuletide <laughs> death match with a christmas tree wrapped in barbed wire yeah and so that is well, one, because of the way I process it, for whatever reason, we saw both of those ha- things happen live, and I was like, this is funny. But it's also like watching Jackass. Yes. Yeah. It's watching, like watching this Jackass. is like watching the Saw movies, which <laughs> I have never been into. <laughs> but like... That's a are, very good analogy, yeah. But like the first one, because the later ones get really cartoony. And like <laughs> the first one is a cartoon, but like, you know what I mean? I'm just kind yeah. of like, I don't... Why is this still going? And like, it's also, it's a stressful match because the YouTube video for it is 30 minutes. It's only about like a fifth, like an 11 minute match. Yeah, it's super short. And like, <laughs> Thank I, God. I think with something like this, that it's, it's like the movie analogy is very, very good. I was also thinking of a music analogy where it's like, you're like hour long Okada matches are like a symphony. And this is like grindcore. Like this is like yeah. cathartic comes from your fucking gut and your guts come out because it's so like great but it's just like it's fast it's like an assaultive experience to watch literally over quickly. Like, <laughs> literally yeah but it's just you even though like i'd seen it before and i was like i don't remember it being 30 minutes that's crazy we watched that on twitch for that long wow um but so like there hits a point and i don't want to get too graphic where there's like small puddles are happening yeah. and you're like there's 20 minutes left <laughs> <laughs> somebody i think it was i think it was friend of the show kara said that like i I, it it might have been her might have been somebody else said that like one of the best things about samoa joe versus necro butcher is that the canonical way to watch it is a youtube video called in all caps samoa joe versus necro butcher full match like that's how everyone has seen it that's like the only way to watch it and also the fact that like if you know nothing about either guy it is exactly what you would think a YouTube video called Samoa Joe versus the Necro Butcher would be. Like it is, it lives up to that name. Like <laughs> if you don't know anything about wrestling and I'm like, Hey, do you want to watch Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher? What do you think that's like? They will describe exactly what it's like. I would <laughs> never ever show this. T- I can't believe like it's, it's a mark of like knowing me and knowing how I'm like gung ho and willing to be stupid is that I was like two months into watching wrestling when we, when, when I first watched this and I was like, Oh no, I'm going to keep going to shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not like, fuck this. Yeah. That's a scalp. <laughs> I I really, really like this match now. Like, again, I like it knowing, I mean, granted, Necro Butcher, <laughs> his brain did not survive this match. Nope. In terms of uh, not being an idiot. But, I like, both dudes are alive. Uh, the ref, Bryce Remsberg, a friend of the show, is the Former ref on guest. this. Former uh, guest. I know he's alive, so Mojo's doing great. So it's like, okay, I can watch these guys tear each other apart. And man, it is brutal. It is it is violence from start to finish. I like watching the audience scatter. <laughs> yeah. I. You know what this reminded me of, actually, is... Um, when I first started going to shows in New York, like kind of right before we started the podcast, I went to um, a style battle show 
in uh, South Brooklyn and it was in a gym and there were like not that many people there. And one of the matches was Nick Gage versus Walter and <laughs> which is like kind of a similar That's kind of the same match. But yeah, like the, there's definitely similarities in terms of like what each person is representing. And they ended up not really doing a match. They, they kind of had like a pull apart and everything, but it was the reason they didn't really have a full match. They just started brawling and they brawled into the crowd and everybody had to scatter and run away. And like, I had not been to a lot of shows in New York yet. And like the shows I'd been to in Austin were in a very different kind of place. Like they weren't in these like sparsely attended gyms and it just felt like, and it's a testament to both those guys, incredible performers. Like it just felt like anything could happen. And like, that's the vibe watching this. Like, and like, we're going to talk about it. I'm not the biggest CM Punk fan, but like he's great in commentary here and he's just screaming, somebody's going to die and it rules. <laughs> Thank you. I relate to you, Punk. Yeah. Good job, Chick Magnet. Uh, also, Eddie Kingston is on commentary in this, yeah, which is fun. Yeah, it's really funny. I forget who the other guy is. The 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 YouTube comments on it are all like very funny and yeah. like... <laughs> It's really fun looking at the comments and looking at the date and knowing like the exact era of the person making it and yep. like how they feel about it. It's <laughs> sort of a sort of beautiful in its own disgusting way. <laughs> Probably my favorite comment on the YouTube video for it is the commentator sounds like cricket from is always sunny. <laughs> I think they mean punk, which is hilarious. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, I there's a couple of things also that I just want to mention and give shout outs to. And one is that choose death has got to be one of the best wrestling shirts of all time. Oh my it's God. So it's, <laughs> it's weird knowing that Necro butcher was like, looked at a wham video and said, make me that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> choose death fucking kicks ass. It's so good. And then I also really like uh Necro's like totally garbage weed leaf tattoo. <laughs> It's just perfect. Again, it's like, these are all things you would expect from a YouTube video named Samoa Joe versus the Necro Butcher. (laughs) That's exactly what I want. I want a shitty weed leaf. I want a a tank top that says choose death. And I want to see a man's brain. That's what I want. (laughs) And it delivers. And it delivers in 11 minutes. And it's excellent. Um, There's, yeah. So it's like a really long YouTube video because they do highlights. And there's like a little bit of a in-ring promo after from the promoter and everything. And at the very end there's a a promo from Joe and we're doing this like early Joe stuff. If you watch WWE now, you know that Samoa Joe is like an amazing promo. He's great. Um, Surprise, surprise. Like with his wrestling, he was also a great promo back then. He was really good. And he's just like super intense, super scary. Uh, He says, um, he says, uh, he's talking about how he's bathing in Necro Butcher's blood. He's like, you think this is a game? Like he's so, it's all like kind of cliche wrestling stuff, but he has such charisma and such intensity that it totally fucking works. Yeah. And, uh, it rules. And, uh, I'm not going to watch this match for another year, but I'm happy I got a chance to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) I really, the, we were actually, uh, we reached out to Bryce about this and he sent us a wonderful email about, being the referee for this match. And we're going to put it in the Patreon notes because in full, it is lovely. And it's so reflective of Bryce. Yeah. It made me be like, fuck, Bryce needs to write a memoir. Like He does. He's, he's been around indie wrestling forever. Bryce, are you listening? Yeah. Like, you Bryce, need to. Basically, like, he's the Kevin Bacon of indie wrestling. And, like, you don't need seven degrees. Yeah. Essentially. He connects everybody. He connects everybody. <laughs> the only people he doesn't connect, I think, are, like, the tough enough crowd and you need one degree. <laughs> right, right, right. Like he's he's everybody. He's everywhere. And yeah, this this he says um in his little essay that you should definitely read if you're a patron. Like this was one of the things that he was sort of most known for in the beginning of his career and uh he he br- brings it full circle and uh talks about how this match is referenced in Joey Janela's clusterfuck from this year, which is pretty cool. So, check that out. Yeah, please do. We love Bryce. <laughs> Bryce if you're listening. Write a goddamn memoir, Bryce. We could. I probably know people who could get you like literary agents and stuff. Go do it, please. Anyway, this match is disgusting. <laughs> Super gross. Gross. Um. Yeah. Gross I love at the end when every, the guy's cutting the promo for the like promotion itself. Um. And there's just people looking shell shocked in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. they just watched a particularly gnarly car accident yeah like the kind that makes you go oh not everybody's walking away yeah like (laughs) i feel like a lot of times when you say uh 
it's like a car accident. It's like a, a metaphor. This like literally the damage from it looks like they were in a car accident. Like it's really bad. And it's not a fender bender. No. Like, no. <laughs> no, somebody went through a windshield. Like it's really, it's. <gasps> anyway. But, but yeah, like Joe is amazing in it. Like consistently fucking amazing. Um, so at this time, like we have him in Ring of Honor, we have him in IWA Mid-South, and then we have him in Impact. So he's been a central figure in like many indie promotions in this time period, which again is like not really considered a boom time for non-WWE wrestling in terms of viewership necessarily. Like it wasn't super, super popular. There weren't like promotions, regional promotions running every weekend and stuff like there are now. But like Joe was a linchpin of all of that. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And in the in the notes L, that LB wrote for us, uh, they said that Joe wrestled 115 matches in 2006. Yeah, which, that's crazy. That's like pretty crazy for an indie wrestler now. But that's even crazier back then because there were so many less promotions. I mean, that's fucking nuts because that's like two a week. You know, like that's minimum. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely wild yeah to me and just it's also like he was probably the only guy who was paying his rent on this right i mean not only was he in all of these promotions he held the belts in like oftentimes for like very long periods of time like the next match we watched for this was um samojo versus kurt angle in tna and it is coming off of samojo's 18 month run as the title holder which is like that's a really fucking long time that's like almost okada numbers you know like yeah and uh, Kurt Angle took it from him, and uh, they had a match um, prior to this match um, in in TNA, and then this is their sort of second meeting, is the one that we watch. I love his TNA theme, because it's basically, they just like, it's almost exactly the same as his WWE theme, yeah. except they kind of just had to do the, like, the queen to vanilla ice sort of like little bitty ting yeah. adjustment <laughs> to like claim that it's not that but it's it's, it's the same yeah it's definitely a sound alike and uh it's the godzilla theme it's really good that's the thing <laughs> i don't blame them because like it's an awesome theme it's oh my really god cool. it's <laughs> i really like it perfect i have you ever seen joe live um i mean i must have I think I saw him at the Raw 25th anniversary. I haven't seen him have like a big match. Oh, yeah. No, he came out when I went to the Raw and SmackDown. Wasn't he in a triple threat at Mania when we went? If he was, I don't. It was a long day. (laughs) I don't. I can't believe that I blanked on that. But either way, like seeing him at like at the Raw and SmackDown after Mania was like, oh, I have chills. Yeah. He's he's here what the fuck um it was at smackdown um and it was lovely and it's just like he also has for a guy that we're talking about being like he's here to like be completely brutal like he literally showed you someone's brain he has such good vibes and yeah. that's crazy everything i've seen of him that's like not him in the ring is he seems like a very easygoing dude and he's very funny yeah Um, he has like a really good sense of humor like yeah he just seems like someone who you would actually enjoy spending time with but then when he turns it on he turns it on he clearly finds it you know the intensity and stuff but i respect someone who's able to be that intense but who is also able to not be that intense like most people in life that i feel like have that sort of intensity to them uh could benefit from being able to turn it off (laughs) yeah that's that's a very very fair point (laughs) such as maybe kurt angle seems intense 24 7 yeah um that actually reminds me so we get this we get this tna match um and uh it's from if anybody's interested tna turning point uh this is from the end of 2006 and um we we watch like the video package for it the the promo package of uh, Kurt Angle and Samojo being like interviewed. First of all, it is very funny to me that Kurt Angle is being interviewed shirtless, which is like a weird, <laughs> a weird choice. He's probably wearing jeans. Like, you know, he's wearing jeans. <laughs> I'm assuming he just pulled the singlet straps down because the interview was going to get real, you know? <laughs> so strange. The singlet strap bit makes me laugh every it's single so time. Funny. It's I very it. silly. <laughs> but uh, I actually really liked the promo. I thought it was like, of all of the video packages that we've watched for wrestling that I can think of, it's the one that reminded me the most of actual sports in a good way. Well, I that makes sense because it's Kurt. That's true. 
an actual athlete. An actual Not, sportsman. There you go. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought it was like really good at doing what those promos are supposed to do, which is set up the stakes for the match. And like a lot of times when those promos are designed to do that, they they go about it in a very different way than just asking the people involved what the match means to them, which is like, it's just very direct. Like it's very like, well, I'm giving him a second chance uh, because I think he deserves it. And, uh, you know, like good guy Kurt Angle and then Samojo being like, fuck that guy, fuck his broken neck, I'm going to murder him. And it's like, great, perfect. Now I know who you guys are. I, I can enjoy the story of this match so much better because you've told me that. What I think is so interesting is that the package sets them up as like, Joe is heel, Kurt is face. It completely switches by the end of the match. Yeah, I mean, Kurt definitely turns heel for sure yeah i mean he has a literal turn but like the audience is also completely on joe's side before that happens too Mm -hmm. and it's just it speaks to how good they are and how good they are to that sort of audience psychology of like having you want joe to win so bad yeah uh this match was awesome i really really liked it it's the last like two-thirds of it are so exciting and it's basically just samoa joe doing the rear naked choke, the coquina clutch, and then Kurt Angle reversing it into an ankle lock, and then Joe reversing it back into a coquina clutch. And it just keeps happening, but every time it happens, it gets more exciting, even yeah. though it's the same shit over and over again. Uh, and then that happens a bunch, and then there's the heel turn, and then the singlet straps come down, and uh, it's it's awesome. I shouldn't laugh at the singlet straps, because like... Yes, you should. It's I'm so sh- stupid. No, I'm sure when Kurt Angle was not the older man that he is now it wasn't as like oh this is fucking silly it was like oh shit it's getting real he's doing the thing but like w- the context i have for it is it is the past year and a half and it's like why is that old man showing me his nipple <laughs> yeah this is like the first like real kurt angle pre coming back from retirement thing that you've seen probably right i think so yeah i think like pretty much same with me and like he's really good <laughs> he's re- oh we watched the promo for the like the episode with scotland i think but he's really fucking good in this yeah uh he's he's awesome i mean he's you know doing fucking moonsaults and jumping out of the ring and being crazy and Samoa Joe is being Samoa Joe again, just like consistently awesome. Um, but yeah, like it, they just, they work really well together. I feel like Samoa Joe is like throwing Kurt Angle around like he weighs five pounds. Like it's crazy. I, I think Samoa Joe is really strong, but also I think Kurt Angle is very good at making Samoa Joe look very strong. Yeah. Which is like very commendable. Yeah. I, his physical acting is like, I know, I know we call it selling, right? But like, it's also fit. He's acting with his body. It's yeah. physical acting. His acting is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another note I wrote down was that Kurt Angle has a huge ass. <laughs> it's does. so big. <laughs> and like, again, you are next to Samoa Joe's big double wide truck of an ass yeah Samoa Joe like Samoa Joe has like haunches like Samoa Joe is like he is a sturdy man very sturdy he's a pickup truck he is a total pickup truck I feel like Kurt Angle it's like he has like a bubble butt ass he, he does has, like he has a bubble butt. it's substantial it's just really I was just like wow that is a very large ass on a, a man it's very strange <laughs> um but yeah I loved it it was <laughs> <laughs> I meant the match, but also his ass. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> I love that that's our rep now. It's like, I meant the match. We'll talk about the butt later. It's fine. I just wanted to be clear. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know that, uh, according to the notes, uh, is that people were kind of mad that Kurt took away Joe's losing Joe's winning streak Mm -hmm. like that. And they wanted more of a build, but like what a way to sort of, you know, retroactively correct that with this match. Yeah. Um, and, and like having a a turn and everything, like it was, it was very cool. I, I liked it a lot. I thought again, like the video promo did a really good job setting up with setting up the story, like from the beginning. And then they told 
a classic wrestling story in a really, really exciting way. And again, like the crowd is going nuts at this and uh, it's cool. Also, side note, I think this is the first time we've watched anything in that weird eight-sided TNA ring. It's such a weird ring. I've heard that wrestlers don't like it because the ropes are really tight. That's what I've heard. That makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. We didn't watch any for the TNA episode? I feel like we watched like earlier stuff when they didn't have the eight-sided ring. I might be wrong though. We've watched a lot of stuff, to be <laughs> yeah, fair. watched a lot of stuff. To be fair. Uh, <laughs> and they have like a full-on feud after this, I assume, right? I don't know a lot about oh. Well, I mean, they team together because the, the Scott Steiner promo happens two years after this. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Steiner math promo is about Samoa Joe. Yeah, and it's just, again, I connect and it's all about these dots. How, it's about how Samoa Joe like eats pussy or something, right? Isn't that, isn't that this one? I always like kind of like brown out midway through it because he's talking <laughs> about numbers so much. Um, <laughs> what's interesting about the math promo is that it's so many words and like he's not a very he's he doesn't know how to like enunciate. Scott Steiner has mush mouth. So that's why the math promo is even more impressive to me is that he's like, nom, nom, not nom. only does he not know math, he doesn't know how to talk. It's <laughs> but you understand level. it. You understand it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's part of a part of his TNA run. I mean, I guess like, I just think it is so crazy that he has, he was such a huge part of all of these promotions and he didn't sign with WWE until like 2013 or something. Like he was, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just crazy to me that he had this whole career before he even got there. Like, and he only debuted on the main roster like two years ago. That's insane. I know. It's super crazy to me. That's cuckoo bananas. Um, Speaking of people in WWE and then leaving WWE, uh, we weren't originally going to watch this, but in the intervening time between when we planned this episode and when we recorded this episode, uh, CM Punk came back to, uh, to wrestling under a mask. Yeah. He, uh, he secretly surreptitiously, uh, was at some indie show and, uh, people are talking about CM Punk again. So we were like, you know what? One of Samoa Joe's like major, major rivals, especially during this era. Yeah. Um, f- it was CM Punk and um, they had like multiple epic matches like 60 minute draws um, apparently in real life they're like very good friends so they have like good chemistry and stuff like that so we didn't watch uh, one of the super long ones because it was kind of a last minute edition um, but we did watch their um, match for TWC International Showdown which was um, a show in England um in this time period, uh, 2006, I believe. And uh, it was like 20 minutes long. Uh, what did you think of this, Rachel? I really enjoyed it. And not just because, you know, I'm a Samojo fan. Like, I liked it for all of its a- all of its aspects. And we're not necessarily CM Punk haters, but we are CM Punk agnostic on this show, I think, is the best way to, t- to phrase it. Yeah, I mean, he never really did anything for me. And I wasn't really watching when he was in his prime, but, like, I've gone back and watched some of it. And, I mean, we, we will. We've been talking about it. Like, we will have an episode eventually where someone comes and convinces us. But. Yeah, and I feel like we could do an entire episode around his and Joe's feud. Yeah. And that might be the way to like get you fully on board with him. That's kind of what I would hope. And that's kind of what I wanted this match to do. And it kind of didn't. I mean, it's a good match. It's like, don't get me wrong. It is fun. There are some like really fun, good spots in it. It's Samoa Joe, who I've established in the last 45 minutes love. And so I was like, okay, Samoa Joe is going to get me to like this guy. And I, I still was like, I don't know. I mean, it's cool when Samoa Joe does a muscle buster to him and there's like really fun moves in this. But like as a story of a match, I was not super invested. And maybe I didn't go in with an open enough mind, but I was like, yeah, this is fun. But like, I'm not going to I'm not ready to like watch more CM Punk stuff now. I mean, I also watched it on my phone while running errands today. So like maybe if I went in with a more like critical stationary eye, I might feel the same way, but I did enjoy it. And I do want to go back and watch their feud probably for a future episode. 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we are going to get around to CM Punk. But, you know, we felt it would kind of be weird if we just completely ignored this aspect of two- his 2005 and his 2006. Yeah, because there were so many matches that they had that everybody was like really, really into at the time and still talk about like Samoa Joe versus CM Punk, uh, their second match that they had together is like, it's one of the ones like Samoa Joe and Kobashi that people talk about as being like really, really incredible. So, you know, I didn't have an hour today <laughs> to yeah, watch I it, didn't. but, Sorry. Uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe for next time. Cause that is one that everybody like says rules. And, uh, that again is sort of coming from the people that were around, and watching during these years, you know, like they're, they're still talking. There are people who still watch wrestling very actively today and they're still talking about how good this stuff was. So it's probably worth going back and checking out, but yeah, CM Punk just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. We'll get there or we won't, (laughs) you know, it's just, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, we try to remain positive on this show. So it's just like, we might, I guess like we're never, we're, we try to not be flat out haters. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I definitely like want to be convinced to like more stuff. Like, yeah, it's the more stuff you like, the better time you have in the world. Like, it's nice to like stuff. Exactly. I I just love to like stuff too picky. I just, but I want to. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And like, I'm excited to fill in the, you know, 12 year, no, wait, 13 year blank. I have now of like 2006 Joe to 2019. Yeah. And there's so much. Yeah. He's a little slowed down now, but you wouldn't know it. Yeah, I mean, he's had some pretty crazy injuries. Like, there's one match that we almost put on here. I think it's in the extra credit that is, um, it's him versus Sting from TNA. And it's like, I think it's 2008. It's a little bit later. And he does like this dive and he lands, his ass lands like on the railing of some cement stairs. And then he like falls down the stairs. And it's like, your tailbone is fucked. Like, you're just... (laughs) Why did you do that, man? Like he—he was—he's got a big ass. He's got a very large ass, but <laughs> I think that fucked him up pretty good. I—that's the thing—is like he has that sort of like, oh, you're a big man, but you're really agile. But it's like, it's not agile. It's just no regard for your own safety or the safety of others. And is so he—is he a dad? I assume he's a dad. Um, I don't know. I know he's married. He probably has kids. He probably has kids. He has like a restaurant or something, right? I don't think so. I think. I think you think that because I often say that Samoa Joe would be a really good name for a restaurant. No, I think that's probably it. I feel like somebody else owns a restaurant and I like kind of mishmashed the two. I've said like several times, I'm like Samoa, I would eat at a restaurant called Samoa Joe's. Yeah. That's like a really good That's probably what like stuck in my head. Uh, I was just like, you know, if he has kids, I wonder what it's like to have like your dad Samoa Joe discipline you terrifying i bet no i'm gonna i actually i have a different theory is that because he's so used to being terrifying in ring and his kids have probably seen him as this character Mm. who is terrifying in ring as a dad telling you no he's probably just like very quiet and serious when reprimanding you well i was gonna say i think he does the quiet thing but i think it's scary like i think he does the like like, I'm not joking around. And you're like, oh, he is really not joking around. <laughs> Samoa Joe using your middle name is like the scariest thing you can think of. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like terrifying. <laughs> that, yeah, because he, he's so intense. So, yeah, when he does, he doesn't yell. He does quiet. He growls. Quiet, intense dad voice, which is like the scariest thing in the world to me. Like that's, yeah, no. Samoa Joe using my middle name is a nightmare. It's like awful. Um <laughs> But I just I want like a series now where like Samoa Joe just like raise teaches his child to ride a bike or something like that. <laughs> Somebody that large holding a tricycle is funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, you saw the Edge and Christian where he was selling uh, Girl Scout cookies, right? Yes. It's yeah. Like he's he's he's, he's funny. funny. He's a good dude. It's weird that it's like a guy who uses his head to hit other people's heads so much. <laughs> still being that funny is like, wow, you would be like. Tina Fey level if you had like not hit your head this much (laughs) if you didn't have brain damage like you because he's such a good talker (laughs) and he's so fucked up like undoubtedly from all this shit yeah he's not like he'd be like the smartest man alive oh my god (laughs) Samoa Joe is in Mensa yeah he's a genius please open a restaurant I feel like I would it could be like a poke bowl place Samoa Joe's don't you think like some or Samoan food like it'd be rad 
Just what if he just opened a fish? burger joint and like completely sure. bucked that? Yeah. He's, uh, I think his, I mean, he's obviously, he's of Samoan descent. He grew up in California. Um, but I think he also spent time in Hawaii. So he could do like the like little sliders on like King's Hawaiian rolls, mm. like pineapple. Be really good. He should get that spawn con for one half of his in- incredibly consistent trunks. Yeah. Is on the lighter half of the trunks, you just have like a little like King's Hawaiian decal. Dude, again, like <laughs> from the beginning, just had everything. Had had the theme song, had, had the, the gear. gear, had all the moves. Like he's man. Such good gear. I would I would kill to be as good as Samoa Joe for like one year of my life. Like f- as good as he's been for 20 years, if I could be that good at something for like six months, I'd be happy. I would be I would like to be that good at something that's like maybe America's got talent level. <laughs> Not, like, as incredible as he is in terms of, like, wrestling. Like, have me be good at doing a cartwheel, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be wrestling. <laughs> just anything. Just any talent. Um, Can I be good at crosswords, please? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the Samoa Joe of crosswords. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think, I think that's our episode. I think that's Samoa Joe from those times from yeah. now. 2005, 2006 Samoa Joe. I guess we'll just have to keep doing episodes on each two years of his career until we're done. I would love that. <laughs> um, if you liked this episode, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. As we said, uh, we have some words from uh, esteemed referee Bryce Remsberg up there. We put up notes for every uh, every free episode gets a lesson plan episode guide on there. We also have a lovely Discord full of lovely people for our patrons uh, to talk about wrestling. We do bonus episodes episodes at least two every month we've done three uh bonus episodes this month and last month so that's rad um uh, patreon.com slash wrestlesplania check it out um and also our west coast producer uh lb hunk tears uh does so much work for us but they are also currently covering wwe for fanbite.com and they have also launched their own patreon for hunkology uh which is patreon.com slash hunk tears so you can uh, you know, pledge to them, read their stuff. They are the only good raw recaps. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> the only good WWE recapper is LB. I will go out on a limb and say that. Yeah. The only one endorsed by Russell Splania, that's for sure. That's true. Uh, um, and I also have a documentary that I made with my dad about Pennsylvania voting rights and gerrymandering in general. And I believe it's going to be screened in North Carolina in the next couple months. Oh, yeah. He and I were talking about that today. But you can stream it now at lineinthestreet.com via Vimeo. So, or Amazon, but Vimeo is an Amazon. So whatever you want to do, do that. Awesome. Uh, I have two other podcasts, uh, What a Time to Be Alive and Lie, Cheat, and Steal. So check those out. I also am going on tour. Um, I think by the time this comes out, I might be on tour. So check my Twitter for my dates. I'm going through New England. It'll be fun. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.